0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. I am so excited about this podcast number two. Today, I will be talking about temptations, and I recognize that temptations is a pretty broad subject, so I am hoping that this will be something that you will find applicable to you and whatever temptation you have personally in your life. And one of the things that I think is so important about temptations is recognizing that dealing with temptations is a preventative measure. So often we work to deal with the sin in our life, which is so important, and it's important to recognize God's grace and forgiveness in that. But at the same time, I think it would be so much more impactful if we looked and we sought out how can we prevent that sin from even occurring. And so I'm not going to just give you a list of do's and don'ts because I think that this is something that is personal to you and that you really need to deal with the Lord to recognize what is it in your life that you need to put in place. But I do have a few suggestions for you and most of them are spiritual disciplines. I'm pretty passionate about that because it's biblical and you'll probably see that as a very repetitive theme within a lot of the podcasts that I do is just this need to be disciplined in the word, to be disciplined in prayer, because just like anything that you do in life, it takes discipline. And so with that, my goal with this is for you guys to learn about how Christ can be your ultimate sustainer. And because of that, it again goes back to how can we develop habits so that we can learn on how to fully rely on him and not on our own desires because the truth is, is our desires are always going to fail us. So we need to put our hope in and our reliance in in something that will. When I think about temptations, I instantly think about this story in my life, which is pretty simple, but I'm going to share it with you. Basically, what happened was I had come home from school for a break And whenever I come home from school, my mom always asks us what we want to eat. She wants to make special meals for us, which I really value because when you're at school, you just don't really realize how important and special and amazing home-cooked meals are. And so she had asked me what I wanted, and I told her I wanted spaghetti. So she decided that she was gonna make spaghetti for me. It's a pretty long preparation. She's not just like pouring sauce out of a can. She is really gonna make some good spaghetti. So as she's going and she's making spaghetti for me, it turns like five o'clock and I'm starting to get hungry. Dinner isn't until 6.30, but in my mind, I'm like, it's okay, I'm just gonna get a small snack and I'll be good to go. So I grab a fresh bag of chips, I pop that sucker open, and I'm sitting there watching TV and 30 minutes goes by and I've literally eaten this whole entire bag of chips. It's extremely embarrassing and I really hope that I'm not the only one who's done this and I feel like I can confidently say that I haven't been, so I'm not going to be so embarrassed about it. Anyways, so after this, I now feel sick to my stomach. And it's dinner time and I come up and my mom puts this bowl of spaghetti in front of me. And even though my mom had spent time preparing this for me, she knew that I loved it. I knew that it was going to be nutritious for me. I instead wasted all of it on a bag of chips and I could no longer eat the dinner that she had prepared for me. And so maybe this is a silly example, but I think this is truly relevant in cases that we face every day. When we try to say no to a great temptation when it is right in front of our face, it can sometimes feel entirely unrealistic. But I get it. How can you say no to something that you really want, especially when it is in perfect reach and it can provide an instant gratification? And so when targeting temptations, we live in a society that seeks for our needs to be met instantly. And instead of Waiting patiently for something that could be nutritious and filling in our life like that spaghetti? Here is the hard truth. That thing that we try to get to fill our needs instantly, it will never satisfy us. And in fact, it will only leave us wanting more. It will only fill that void temporarily. It will only steal us from being able to see genuine contentment. And it always will leave us searching for more. And I think about even just the fact that my mom had spent so much time preparing this meal that she knew was going to be nutritious for us, for me. And I think that that's exactly what God does for us, is he prepares a a life for us that would be good for us. But what we do instead is we follow the sins of this world. We follow the desires of this world. And I would love for us to instead go to the table and see what it is that God has us and ch- has for us, and choose that instead of what is in this world and I can guarantee that all of us will face hard temptations, even as a Christian, so I want to encourage you right now and just knowing that whatever that temptation is in your life, the first thing that I want you to recognize here is that you are not alone in your temptations. However, temptations can look different in each other's lives. So I just wanna make this very practical and applicable for you right now. So I want to encourage you to get a piece of paper and just list out a few different temptations. Think of temptations that you personally are battling with. Maybe it has something to do with gossip or it goes as far as porn. It can be absolutely anything, but be honest and be real. And if you can't think of anything, I hope that you can just take a moment to pray and ask that the Lord would begin to reveal to you what you need to really work on because the truth is is that Scripture has told us that all of us have sinned and before we sinned, we had a temptation, temptation that led us to that sin. So take a step back right now and ask yourself, what was that temptation that led me to that sin? I can honestly say While it's cheesy, sometimes I'm tempted to talk back to my mom if I don't get my way. Um, I'm very tempted to tell white lies or stretch the truth. And even if this is dumb, I'm even tempted to scroll on social media when I know that my temptation should be focused somewhere else. These might be considered smaller temptations and many of us here might be tempted to click on that website when we think that no one is looking or grab a drink at the party um, because we don't want our friends to look at us differently or we cross over that physical boundary in a relationship because we really think that just one time it's not going to hurt us. However, I'm I'm coming to tell all this to you because I believe that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how large or small we believe that temptation to be. All of it, if we don't deal with it, it will lead to destruction in our life. I do have good news for you, though. Even though temptations will always be a part of our lives because we have a fallen and sinful nature, I believe that there are steps and actions that we can take to help fight off the intensity of the temptation we face. And I think that this really starts when we're able to look at Christ as our very first example. Before I get into what these, this example is, I want to first encourage you with this simple truth. If you are trying to overcome specifically a temptation or sin in your life and you're just trying to get the list of what it is that you need to do then you need to recognize that you may be able to get rid of any temptation in your life but it's also going to be extremely easy for you just to fill it with another temptation in itself so I first want to challenge you and just recognize that the thing that is under that temptation is a heart issue and it is This thing called sin, and it's this desire that we all have and that we all want. And so, in order to overcome it at all, we have to know what the gospel is. One quote that I absolutely love, and I'm not sure where it came from, but I have it written down in my Bible it says, We are overwhelmed with the power of temptation because we are underwhelmed with the Bible. So, it starts with the gospel. In order to deal with that heart issue, you need to know the gospel. And so, with that, I want to talk about Jesus. And I want to talk about how it was that he dealt with temptation in our life. And I hope that that's encouraging to you. And just knowing that even Christ himself dealt with great temptation. So I'm going to look over Matthew 4. And in Matthew 4, what we see is that Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. He was vulnerable to temptations. And... What happens is the Spirit leads him up onto this mountain, and Satan himself approaches Jesus. And so this is what it says. I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, he's questioning his power and his authority, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, Jesus answered, and he says this, he says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what we see is, again, Satan himself approaches Jesus, and he taunts him by questioning his power and And authority. And I really want to emphasize verse four, where Jesus replies and he says that people do not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And this is so impactful because Jesus recognized in the midst of his vulnerability, in the midst of his hunger, that. What the world had to offer was not at all going to be the thing that would satisfy him, but he knew that the Word of God would be the thing that always would. So the most important way to battle temptations in our life is that we have to first be in the Word daily. We need to recognize that it is going to be absolutely impossible for us to deny something if we're already feeling empty. So we need to abide in Christ so that he can abide in us. And we see that in John 15:4. And we need to allow the word to be our strength, which is Nehemiah 8:10. And so fighting this battle, it's not something that is created to be done on your own, but instead you need to be faithful in the Word and allow the Lord to overcome that for you. And then we're going to have to question this next thing, which, what is the source? Where is this really coming from? And the source of this is Satan. Satan is the tempter in our life, and it's not God. And we see that in James 1.13. So if Satan is the tempter, we have to stop blaming God for all these awful and bad things that we're struggling with because it's Satan that's tempting tempting us. God does not desire that for us. But what's also important for us to recognize is that we are also tempted by our own sinful desires. James 1.13, which I want to quickly read for you guys, it says this. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot tempt, cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one, which is what I just covered. In verse 14 it says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So I don't want to make us out to be something better than what we actually are because the truth is is that we desire worldly things. We have a sinful heart. There is not anything that is good within us except for the work of Christ in us. And so because that I <laughs> I believe we're tempted by our own sinful desires. So we need to know our own sinful desires, and we need to know who the enemy actually is. We need to ask ourselves, what is his nature, and what are his tactics that he is doing? Because Satan comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, which is John 10. I'm sure many of you guys have heard that. But, but God comes so that we can have life. And so the reason that Satan wants to destroy you is because it is the best way to hurt God. We are God's most prized possession. So take heart at that, that this is not really about you at all. But this is more about Satan's attack on God, which in itself is not going to last at all. If Satan can do whatever he can to prevent you from succeeding in this world, then that's what he's going to do. But the truth is is that if you know and love the Lord and you have confessed your sin and accepted Jesus to be the Lord of your life, then Satan's attack on you is only temporary. So when we look at the mind... The mind and temptations, they actually work together, and it starts with this speculation and dwelling on a lie or sin, and we ask ourselves um, specific types of questions, and so it's important that we kind of look over this because we want to ask ourselves, what is the trigger here? We ask ourselves what we think would happen if we did a sin, what it would be like if we fell into that temptation. Or we think to ourselves, if I only had this or we blame it on the other person and said, well, if she hadn't done this, it starts in the mind with these triggering thoughts. And then we start to place ourselves in highly tempting situation. It then ends with us completely giving in into our temptation and I'm sure you're sitting here thinking, well, I, I know that, I know how it works, but I want you to really ask yourselves, do you really know what the triggers are? Do you really know where it is that you start to have those specific thoughts? It's so practical, but I think it's important that you ask yourself, where is this that it really starts And I want you to recognize that I did say it ends with us completely giving in to our temptation because I think that if there's one thing that we can really learn from Matthew 4, actually I think that there's so many things that we can learn, but I think that one of the things that's important here is that we recognize that Jesus himself was tempted, so temptation in itself is not a sin, but acting on that temptation is the sin. So what do we need to do about that? I think one of the things that we can start with is Colossians 3.2, which encourages us to set our mind on things that are above, which ultimately means that we need to replace our earthly thoughts with truth. Those triggers that we have, those thoughts, those speculations... Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I want you to recognize that I'm using so many of these practical verses that you, many of you, I'm sure, have learned from at a very young age. And if you haven't, then I'm so excited that you get to hear this now. Um, But they have and hold so much truth. And so we need to replace these wrong thoughts with the right thoughts. And this comes from Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, then think about these things. And what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, then practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And I love how at the end of all this, it says, and practice these things, because I think that this makes this so applicable when we're trying to figure out how is it that we are to set our mind on things above, because God has literally told us exactly what it is that we are called to think about, and in order to do it, we have to practice it. And so we need to replace our thoughts with the right thoughts. And so whenever we have a thought that comes up into our mind, we can instantly ask ourselves, is this a true thought? Is this a noble thought? Is this right, pure, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy? And if it's not, then, then replace it. What is that scripture that you need to replace that goes against that tempting thought? And pray that you will not be tempted. And we see that in Luke eleven four. 4. And I think that when it comes to prayer, pray specifically. Pray for the temptation, yes, and pray that the, that the Lord would give you strength to say no to it. But also recognize that, like I had said before, temptation itself is not a sin. And Jesus himself was tempted. And so the underlying issue with temptations is actually our lack of self-control to step away from it. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23 it shows us that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So we need to ask boldly for self-control. And to be very practical, I would encourage you to practice self-control in smaller areas of your life. And memorize scripture. Like I had said before, when you're replacing that thought, you've got to memorize scripture. And we see that in Psalm 119, 11. Another way that you can think of things that are above is by praying continuously. If you can make a discipline of just praying to the Lord continuously through, throughout the day of of constantly communicating with the Lord when you're consistently thinking of the Lord, it's going to be challenging and hard for you to think of this, the things of this world as well. And so one of the ways that you can even practice self-control in your life is by creating a safe atmosphere. It is impossible to stay from away from a temptation if it is easily accessible If your surroundings are only temptations, then you have set yourself up for failure. So analyze what are those triggers of the day? What is that certain place? What is that friendship, relationship, television show? Anything that is in your life that can lead to you making a confiscating decision is something that you need to analyze and figure out what it is that you need to do to stay away from that. We have to learn how to take away the triggers and replace them with something that is good and true and noble and right and pure in order to establish ourselves for success. I'm not going to tell you that if you just take away absolutely everything and keep yourself in a bubble, then you will be safe because the Lord does call us to be in the world um, in order to share his gospel, but there still needs to be a specific way that we go about doing it. And one of the ways that we can do that is by gaining accountability. So having friends with us that are there with us when we are put in those situations and in those circumstances that could lead to us making a confiscating decision. And Proverbs 27, 17 is one of, one of the cool ways that we see this where it teaches us that iron sharpens iron. So we have to be vulnerable in asking for help. And our pride will tell us that we can handle it, but change will not occur unless it is brought to light, that temptation is brought to light. So tell somebody that is wiser or stronger in their faith about that temptation, and this will create opportunities for them to check in on you frequently, and it can be an outlet for you to reach out when you are struggling. And I think for this to really be effective, then... You've got to learn honesty and vulnerability because there will be no growth unless you can learn to reveal what it is that is actually hidden within your heart. Uh, one of my absolute favorite verses ever is 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, and it says, No temptation has overcome you except for what is common to man. And God, He is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted... He will also provide a way so that you can endure it, or some translations say stand up under it. The first thing that I see from this is that we need to admit and realize that we are not above any temptation that is common to man. There's nothing that we are too far away from, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I hit on that earlier as well. The second thing that I think is absolutely beautiful is that God is not going to allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. I think sometimes we kind of get it mixed up and we think, oh, well, God's not going to allow us to handle something that we cannot bear. But that's not what the scripture is telling us. I think that oftentimes the Lord puts us in situations like that. so that we have to have him in our life. But when it comes to temptations, he is not the source of temptations. So we can know that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. And so in order to not be tempted beyond what we can bear, then what are those spiritual disciplines that you need to put in place? When you're looking at that temptation that is right in front of you, what is it that you need to do about that? As I said before, I really want this to be more preventative as to what it is that you need to do before you even get into, um, before you even fall into that temptation. But I also want to encourage you to also accept grace. There are going to be days where it is very hard to say no, but I would encourage you to remember the ultimate goal that seeking instant gratification, it will leave you empty. But perseverance will lead to God's blessing and purpose in your life. So remind yourself of that when you are in a very tempting situation. I think something else that's hard to recognize is that our struggles, they they don't just affect us, but they also affect our relationships. So if you need to write down in that moment with that temptation that you are just really battling with, if I fall into that, Who is this going to affect? Because it will always affect somebody else. And if not anything, it will affect your relationship with the Lord. But still, if you find yourself that you've fallen into that temptation, then remember that you have a gift and opportunity to accept God's grace. And that's in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 9. God's grace is sufficient. So we must learn to accept it and continue to persevere. We should not allow a defeat to turn us away from ultimate freedom. So I encourage you to take a look at that temptation that you wrote down and ask yourself, what are you going to do about that? Write down what discipline you need to put in place. And ask yourself, write down who it is that you need to tell about that temptation. In concluding this, what we see is that we looked at the source of temptation, the battleground of temptation, and how we can actually overcome temptation. And I have more good news for you. When it comes to temptation, we as believers can overcome its allure through the power of God that works mightily in us. The bad news is for non-believers. The scripture does not contain any promise of Help in overcoming temptation for those who are unsaved unsaved, so until one repents of his sin and accepts by faith Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord, he has no capacity for pleasing God. Those who are saved may use the power and wisdom of the Word and reliance on God's grace to bring you victory over temptations and over Satan's most subtle and compelling temptations, you do have the ability to say no and instead choose to live as the child of God that you actually are and and live your life to bring him glory. One of my absolute favorite things about the story of Jesus is after he walked away from being tempted from Satan, specifically in Matthew 4. What I love about this is that he walks away and he starts his ministry. From that moment of saying no to that temptation, he started his ministry after he was tempted by Satan. I think about in my own life, how many times have I said yes to a temptation in my life and missed out on an opportunity to glorify the Lord? What would happen if I had just said no to it and instead used that opportunity as an invitation to instead rely on Christ? And Craig Rochelle is actually the one um, who teaches that. So I want to encourage you of just reminding yourself that you can say no to that temptation. And it's not about you overcoming that temptation because you can't, but more about Christ overcoming you and seeing instead how you can live your life to glorify and honor the Lord because that is what we were created to do.